Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Green Athlete podcast. I am Karen Simpson, the founder of Healthy Green Athlete. I am a holistic sports nutritionist, adult competitive athlete, and nature lover. The goal of this podcast is to provide adult athletes that are competing in any sport and at any competition level with the knowledge and tools that they need to fuel, heal, and nourish their way to feeling, looking, and performing their best at any age and maintaining it for life. I will cover topics ranging from nature-based nutrition and human movement to sports psychology and mindfulness, and of course, a little bit of sustainable and green living mixed in. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen your way to peak performance and athletic longevity. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Healthy Green Athlete podcast. I'm your host, Karen Simpson. And on this episode, I want to talk about the importance of nutrition for athletic performance. So in nutrition, there is a lot of controversy about which specific foods and which specific diet is best for athletes. The diet that an athlete chooses depends on their body type, the sport that they play, their activity frequency and intensity, and what I call their food values. So this is basically the reasons for why people choose the foods that they choose. The fact of the matter is that because there are so many variables to consider, that there's no one diet that works best for every single athlete. There are also certain foods that may benefit one athlete's performance but impair another, so it's really up to each athlete to determine what foods work best in their own body. Regardless of the eating philosophy that the athlete chooses, whether you're plant-based, carnivore, vegetarian, vegan, paleo, keto, clean eating, gluten-free, dairy-free, etc., there are some general nutrition principles that do apply to all athletes regardless of the eating philosophy that you subscribe to. And this is what I'm going to go over today. I'm going to talk about my five pillars of sports nutrition that every athlete will want to consider in order to improve their performance. These principles allow for flexibility in the specific foods that you choose to consume on a daily basis and the foods that you choose to consume before, during, and after training, practicing, and competing. These fundamental principles of sports nutrition are based on science and can be refined based on personal experience. So let's dive in. Number one, energy management. So the human body primarily creates energy from two macronutrients, fats and carbohydrates. And I like to think of energy management in terms of fueling a car. So keep in mind kind of this analogy of putting gasoline or electricity into a car. And the number of calories that you consume in the form of fats and carbs depends on the amount of energy that you are actually expending, the amount of energy that you will need to expend in the immediate future, and the amount of energy you consume. So in other words, it's a balance of the amount of energy that is currently available to your cells and the demand that your cells have for using that energy. So your energy demand or your energy expenditure is determined mostly by two things. The first one is your resting metabolic rate. So this is how many calories you basically burn or how much energy you need to support basic metabolic functions like your heart rate, your lungs, thinking, just kind of being alive and sitting there. And so I like to think of this resting metabolic rate as the fuel efficiency 
of your body. If you have a high metabolic rate, which would be similar to a low fuel efficiency in a car, then you're going to have a higher energy demand. Metabolic rate can be influenced by how well your body is conditioned to activity. It can also be influenced by the amount of muscle that you have to support and your genetics. The second thing that determines energy expenditure is the activity itself, and this includes the duration, frequency, and intensity. So if we go back to the car analogy, if you have 100 miles to drive, but you only have enough fuel in your tank to go 85 miles, your car is going to stall. And similarly, if you don't have enough fuel in your body to perform for as long as you need it to, at the intensity that you need it to, you're going to run out of fuel and reach fatigue. So if you run out of fuel in the form of fats or carbohydrates, your body will then turn to protein in your muscles and convert that to energy. And when this happens, this is the body basically turning into survival mode. And you never want to get to that point because you never want to get to the point where you don't have enough energy in the form of fats and carbohydrates so that your body basically eats itself. The human body will never waste energy. It will either use it or store it. There's no other option. So if the energy you consume in the form of fats and carbohydrates exceeds your energy demand, then your body's going to save it for later. And it has a variety of mechanisms for doing this. The most well-known one is storing it as body fat. But it can also store energy in the form of glycogen in your muscles and in your liver. And that can help to support activity for a limited period of time before your body turns to body fat for energy. The other thing that I want to mention is that whether you choose to be a fat adapted athlete or a carb adapted athlete is basically like choosing between driving an electric car or a gas fueled car. So the amount, timing and type of energy calories you consume is still going to be very important for your performance and energy management still applies. So let's recap. Energy management is finding the right balance of carbohydrates and fats that support your energy needs. Not enough energy will cause fatigue and potential breakdown of precious muscle mass, which can both impair performance. Having too much energy or consuming too much energy will be saved for later, either in the form of glycogen in the muscles and liver or in the form of adipose tissue or body fat. Having energy stored in the body can actually be a good thing for athletic performance because it's readily available and the body can tap into those stores when it needs it. But having too much stored body fat could potentially impair performance and also impact physical health. So that's energy management. That's number one. Number two is protein management. The timing, type, and amount of protein that an athlete consumes is incredibly important because amino acid replenishment is crucial for supporting muscle tissue and for almost every biological function in the body. If you don't have enough amino acids, your body is not going to function at its best. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein and are used for structure of all cells and tissues, but are also used for the creation of hormones, neurotransmitters, and even enzymes, which the body heavily relies on to function optimally. Your cells also have these little tiny reservoirs of amino acids called amino acid pools. And these are really important because the protein that you consume in your diet, when it's digested, it is then broken down into amino acids. And those amino acids are absorbed through your intestines. Some of those amino acids are shipped directly to cells and used right away, while others are stored in these amino acid pools. 
any metabolic process in the body that requires an amino acid for anything, and it doesn't have them readily available, they will pull from these amino acid stores to carry out their function. And athletes have a higher amino acid demand than non-athletes because they are constantly pulling more from these amino acid pools than their non-athlete counterparts. And therefore, they need to consume more protein and make sure that they're constantly replenishing their amino acid pools. So it's basically this free-for-all. Here, here we have this pool of amino acids, and there's some aspect of the body or a cell that needs a certain combination of amino acids, and it will pull from that. As an athlete, you have a higher amino acid demand because of the activity that you do. So you really need to make sure that you're replenishing. When it comes to protein management, the amount of protein is very important to making sure that you are supporting your body's need for it, not just for your muscles, but for every other cell in your body to use amino acids for everything that it needs amino acids for. But you also want to make sure that you're consuming protein when your body needs it most, which is either immediately after exercise or while healing from an injury. The type of protein you consume also matters because not all protein sources contain the same mixture of amino acids. So there are actually 20 different amino acids that are required by the body to function optimally. Some of these amino acids can actually be made by combining other amino acids that are available, but there are others that can only be consumed through the diet and cannot be made. The best way to make sure that you are getting all of the required types of amino acids to support every single cell in the body is to make sure that you're consuming a variety of protein sources. So animal-based proteins are the best bang for your buck when it comes to amino acids because most animal-based sources contain all of the essential and non-essential amino acids that you need. If you're a vegetarian, it's especially important to make sure that you're getting a variety of different types of protein because plant-based sources of protein don't always include all of the amino acids that the body needs to function in one single source. So you want to make sure that you get a variety. So that is protein management. And now we'll move on to number three. The third pillar of sports nutrition is micronutrient management. Micronutrients are those little nutrients that your cells need in small doses. And I'm talking about like the order of milligrams or micrograms in order to function at their best. And micronutrients include vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients. The best way to make sure that you're getting enough micronutrients in your diet to support your cells is to eat nature-based whole foods like meats, grains, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. I'd also recommend supplementing your whole food diet with a high quality whole food uh, multivitamin supplement. And I often get asked for recommendations on the best whole food based multivitamin. So I do have a couple of recommended brands and I will share those and link them in this episode description. For the most part, athletes have the same recommended micronutrient intake than non-athletes, with the exception of iron. Female athletes actually need more iron to support them than males and non-female athletes. Vegetarian athletes also have a bit of a different iron requirement because iron in plants is not as bioavailable as animal sources. So the way that you can boost bioavailability of plant-based iron is to actually just add vitamin C. So that's number three. The fourth one is fluid balance. 
So a hydrated athlete will not only perform better mentally and physically, but will also experience better recovery after workouts. And dehydration can actually initiate the body's stress response and impact many different systems of the body in a negative way. So when it comes to fluid, make sure that you're getting enough, especially before you exercise. The best way to actually determine whether or not you're hydrated is to look at the color of your pee. So the more yellow your urine is, the more dehydrated you are. And if you're an athlete that sweats a lot during activity, keep in mind that you will need to replenish your body with all of those liquids that you just lost through sweating. I'd also recommend sipping on water during and after a sweaty exercise session rather than gulping it down a lot at a time because if you're consuming too much water at one time, your body is actually not able to absorb it fast enough and it could also lead to stomach discomfort. So that's number four. And then the fifth one is inflammatory foods management. So this is where you want to avoid any food that causes any type of inflammation in your body. So inflammation can show up as a variety of things. It can show up as skin issues such as acne and rashes. It can show up as digestive issues like gas and bloating. And it can even show up as brain fog and joint pain. So when you consume foods that cause inflammation in the body, you're actually diverting energy that you could be using for performance and basically giving it to the immune system to respond to that inflammation. Some of the common foods that cause inflammation are dairy, beans, and foods that contain gluten. So if you're experiencing symptoms of inflammation and you suspect that it's because of something that you eat or that you ate, you can commit to some type of elimination slash reintroduction diet for 30 days. And that's actually how I learned that some foods cause me inflammation, particularly gluten and dairy and beans. Or you can get tests done to determine which foods you might be most reactive to. And there are some home tests now that you can purchase that do this. Or you can go see an allergist where they'll do a blood or skin test. Another thing that you can do is just keep a food log and write down what you ate. And then any inflammation or or symptom of inflammation that pops up within one to two hours after. So those are the five pillars of nutrition. And to recap, they are energy management, protein management, micronutrient management, fluid balance, and inflammatory foods management. If you have a handle on all of these things, you will not only improve your self-awareness and your relationship with food, but you'll also see an improvement in performance. It'll take you longer to reach fatigue, you'll sleep better, your body will be able to adapt to stress better, you'll recover and heal faster, and you'll even make better decisions. So if you actually want help with your own nutrition and with implementing some of these things that I mentioned, I have a group monthly program for adult athletes who want to upgrade their nutrition, training, mindset, and recovery in order to improve performance and preserve it for many years to come. So if you're interested in that monthly group coaching program, head on over to healthygreenathlete.com slash athlete for life to learn more. And I'll also link that in the episode description. So that's all I have for now. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. And if you're just tuning in for the first time and we aren't already connected on Facebook or Instagram, you can find me at Healthy Green Athlete. I'll talk to you all on the next episode.